if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome to a one-week post-free agency start recap of all the signings we've seen so far. Matthew Zader joining me once again for another NHL podcast. Uh, he covers the Canucks, the Vancouver Giants, and the NHL for the Hockey Writers, as well as a contributor at Fansighted, the Canuck Way Coast, the Canucks podcast, Canucks Pucks podcast. You can follow him at Matthew Zader SC on Twitter. Matthew, how's it going? I'm doing good. All right, let's get started here. So this year we saw, and I guess it was kind of expected, maybe not to the degree that we saw, but the slowness with the economy, the markets, the way they were, teams don't have cap space. That's evident at this point. That's why a guy like Mike Hoffman is still on the board. But we'll start with the signings first, then we'll get into the guys that are unsigned and other stuff. And we'll start with our teams, the team that I root for, the team that you root for. We'll start in Vancouver. It's been a weird offseason. They've lost some guys. Tanev goes to Calgary. Markstrom does the same thing. Um, you know, they bring in Nate Schmidt from Vegas for a third-round pick. Toffoli's gone. Holtby signs at a $4.3 million cap hit for the next two seasons. Tyler Mott comes back. Um, Vertanen and Gaudet are still out there as RFAs and arbitration stuff. What are your overall thoughts on the Canucks offseason? Because I know there's been a lot of opinions from everybody in the NHL and uh, people who cover the Canucks and are fans of the team. What do you think about what the Canucks have done? Well, I mean, the Canucks are – it's been a weird offseason so far, and it's really early, but, I mean – um, a lot of it's going on banning with uh, letting all these guys go. I mean, Tanev and uh, Markstrom were kind of, I mean, Tanev was expected for sure. Um, Markstrom, maybe not as much, but I mean, the way that the Canucks were kind of dealing with their signings and, and especially with Tyler Toffoli, that, that they never really had a lot of interest in him. Uh, didn't seem like it once that, uh, that rumored $4.5 million contract that apparently was supposed to be signed uh, earlier on didn't happen uh, it seemed like they were trying to move money and then it just kind of went away from there and and I think the biggest critique of Jim Benning right now is on Toffoli's departure because the fact that he he signed for a very reasonable 4.2 million in Montreal and and I don't know why the Canucks couldn't deal with that contract in the end and I think that's what Benning and now Benning's left with nothing for his uh, second round pick and Tyler Madden. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow the fact that, you know, Toffoli's gone and now you've lost two pretty big assets um, for a guy that only ultimately played 17 games for the Canucks. So uh, I think the Markstrom uh, deal was good by not signing him because six years is quite a long time, especially with Thatcher Demko coming up here. And the Braden Holpe deal, I really liked at the money that he signed for because he, he's only here for two years. He is uh, able to go on the expansion draft as well. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be a huge uh, thing to have him on, on contract. And uh, Demko could become the starter pretty soon. So, uh, overall, it's been kind of weird with how the stuff went down, but uh, Benny still has a lot to do. 
I could see a scenario where Holtby has a bounce back year this year and then goes to Seattle. Um, I've tweeted mm-hmm. about that a couple times. I can see that happening. You know, you saw what happened in Montreal. They uh, extend Jake Allen. I could also see Jake Allen being a guy that Seattle takes as well. So Seattle's going to have a lot of choices. They're going to, I mean, well, for how much money it costs to get an expansion team now, th- these teams are, they're going to get, you know, competitive teams to start. We're not going to see these 10 win first year expansion teams anymore, but uh, let's talk about the Canucks defensive, um, the state of their defense. And, you know, Tanev's a loss defensively because he's, you know, a big physical uh, de- defensive guy. And you put him next to Quinn Hughes, who's a, a star offensive defenseman. Um, so now you bring in Nate Schmidt. You have Edler and Myers still there. You have Jordy Ben there. You have Brogan Rafferty there as kind of a guy that's projected that he could be on that third pair. What do you think about the defense going into this season for the Canucks as compared to what we saw last season? Well, I mean, with before Nate Schmidt, before the trade for Nate Schmidt, the Canucks defense was kind of a mess. I mean, you had, uh, of course, Quinn Hughes at the top and uh, Myers and Edler, and then Jordy Benz in your top four. It, it's it was a mess, and then you got then you trade for Nate Schmidt. He will step in as a top four defenseman for sure. Uh, he is a left side. He has played on the right before, so uh, I think he may end up playing with Hughes, but. I think he's probably better off playing on the second pairing. You have a pretty good solid top four uh, with Myers, Hughes, um, and Schmidt and Edler. But you get down to the bottom pairings, you're kind of grasping with hoping that your rookies are going to start. Um, you know, Yulevi, Ole Yulevi may play uh, coming up this season. you got Brogan Rafferty, like you mentioned. And then Jack Rathbone, who's, who's pretty highly touted right now as someone that could step into the NHL right away but the thing is is you don't really want to push these guys into huge minutes uh to start i mean you got you got them start you know potentially having to start on in the top four now not as much because the nate schmidt trade but do you really want a third pairing with two rookies i don't know so i mean i think the canucks still are one move away they still need to get someone to replace troy stetcher because stetcher has went to detroit and now he's you know, he was a guy that could step into your top four easily and not play and then play in your bottom pairing as well. So I think the Canucks still need to make a move um, to solidify the bottom pairing, but um, we'll see. I mean, I think the Canucks defense is right now is not as good as last season, even though uh, Nate Schmidt is a pretty big upgrade to the top four. All right, let's shift gears now to the St. Louis Blues, which is the team that I cover and root four. Uh, so the Blues lose Alex Petrangelo to Vegas, which, you know, I, I thought was uh, – it was kind of 50-50 for about a month where I thought he could come back and he'd maybe leave. Uh, I figured if he did leave, it would be a contender. I kind of went out of the way and said maybe Ottawa because of the cap space they have and inability for him to play with uh, Shabbat. But uh, he ends up in Vegas on a massive deal. And I got to say, I'm glad the Blues didn't go – all out like Vegas did because there's a couple things in that contract I don't like and it's something that the Blues don't do. Number one, he's a great player right now. He's going to be a great player for three to four years at least, I would think, on that top pair in Vegas. But a no movement clause, I don't I don't like full no movements at all um, because it just gives so much power to the player and I don't like that. Uh, and then number two, signing bonus money. The Blues just, they're not a big market team. They can't go out of their way to give tons of signing bonus money to guys. And I got to say, 
if you're going to lose the best defenseman in the market and one that's your captain and has been a horse for you for years, it's not bad going out and getting the number two guy, which is Tory Krug, and that's what they did. They also brought in Kyle Clifford. Uh, what do you think about what the Blues have done this offseason? I think the move to not re-sign uh, Petrangelo, like you said, was a good move, especially with the contract he did sign in Vegas. I mean, that no-movement clause is going to handcuff even the the Golden Knights down the road because they had to move Nate Schmidt to sign him. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty big contract, really good defenseman that never wanted to leave in the first place. So he one year into his ex- extension too. So um, for the Blues, I think Tory Krug's a great addition, um, you know, being that top uh, pairing guy. He's not Pe- as Alex Petrangelo at all. I mean, in his quality mm-hmm. of, of an all-around defenseman, but he's pretty good for, you know, to get, like you said, get the second best uh, guy. I, I don't know how – I don't really like how the Blues kind of dealt with it because it sounded like Petrangelo was kind of blindsided, um, you know, signing Krug without him. He still kind of thought he had a chance coming to St. Louis back. So I don't know about that. But overall, I think uh, getting Krug was a good move. Yeah, and I just think that um... – the way the negotiations went, I think from the Blues' perspective, I think that they thought, you know, we can't really wait on a player or we can't really sit there and not do anything with Petrangelo still sitting there. And I don't know if they knew that they – I don't know if they thought that they had a chance because they didn't want to – they don't do no movement clauses. They don't really do signing bonus money. Now, the offer that they did give him prior to free agency, I believe, was 8 by 8 which he got 7 by 8.8, but uh, a little more money overall in the Blues contract. They did a partial no movement with some signing bonus money, which they went out of their way to try to do stuff that they never do. They, the ownership group went out of their uh, comfort zone to try to bring him back. It just didn't work. But, yeah, Krug's going to be great on that top power play unit. I think, um, you know, on five on five on five, he's not great defensively. And I don't really expect him to be. Like you said, he's not Petrangelo. They're not the same player. Petrangelo's a – much more of a two-way guy and an elite one at that. Uh, Krug's just a, an elite offensive guy. I think playing next to Colton Pareko, which I think he will, will make him better, and uh, we'll see. But let's go now to another team that I think has done a low-key uh, good job. I know the team's not great right now, but the NIM Ducks. You know, Kevin Shattenkirk, 3.9 for three years, uh, 3.9 annual. Uh, for three years, and then Derek Grant coming back at 1.5. I think the Ducks have done a pretty good job, and I think that the uh, you know the talents that they have coming up, I think the Ducks you know could be a solid team in two to three years. What do you think about the Ducks offseason? Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think I think they did a lot, especially with Shattenkirk there, and I I was kind of hoping the Canucks would kind of go for him uh, before uh, the Nate Schmidt trade, but uh, then Shattenkirk signed in Anaheim. But I think. Overall, the Ducks' defense is pretty good, um, and they add Shattenkirk to that group. I think they're a really good puck-moving um, unit, and they also have some good defensive guys like uh, like Manson there. And I think I think the Ducks are going to, yeah, like you said, very low-key offseason. We'll see what else they do. I still think they need um, someone to start replacing uh, Ryan Getzloff, like we, I mentioned earlier. But, I mean – Overall, I think they, they could be a team that could uh, improve in the standings uh, this year. All right, let's go to another team in California, the San Jose Sharks. So they bring back Patrick Marlowe. They make a trade for uh, Ryan Donato. They moved, uh, They also get Dubnik from the Wild. 
Uh, so they trade a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick uh, to Minnesota for Dubnik, and they get a seventh back as well as Donato. So they take on some money there. But um, I don't know about their offseason. Uh, LeBanc at 4.725 seems like a lot to me, especially with the fact that, you know, he took a massive discount last year. Um, he only had 33 points in 70 games. He didn't have a good season. I know the Sharks were bad last year. But 4.725 seems like a lot. Uh, but they also bring in Nieto and Marlowe, like uh, like I said. So what do you think about the Sharks offseason? Yeah, I, I don't know. LeBanc is uh, a guy that's he's now getting paid as a top six uh, forward. And I don't know, 33 points, not top six production. And they're kind of betting a lot on him coming into the, this season. And bringing Patrick Marlowe back, as much as I love the guy, um, I think they got to stop going back to the past. I mean, yeah, it's – and then they're still talking about Joe Thornton maybe coming back. And they got to start moving forward with some of the young guys. And they're an aging team as well. And I don't know, there's not many impact players that they have really coming up. And then trading for, for Dubnik, who had a bad season. He has a lot of money on his contract. And then they ha- still have Martin Jones, who hasn't been very good for the last few seasons. Now they're banking on two goaltenders that bounce back, at least one of them to bounce back. I don't know what the Sharks are thinking this year. And I thought last year that that Eric Carlson deal was just going to kill them. And, uh, you know, he's just not the same player. And that – I think the biggest mistake that Doug Wilson has made as their GM was letting Pavelski walk oh, and yeah. signing Carlson to an $11.5 million per year. There is so many defensemen – that are better than Carlson at this point right now. And 11.5 is absurd, especially when you're already paying Brent Burns eight and Vlasic seven. I mean, they're just, that, that team is in major trouble. Um, they're giving way too much money to guys that aren't the same player. It's like, it's like legacy contracts. Like Carlson's been a great player. He's won Norris trophies. Brent Burns has been a great player. He scored a lot of points. Vlasic's been a great defensive defenseman. Those guys are all in their 30s now, and those three combined are making $26.5 million of the cap per season. And that's $26.5 million of 30.4 total in their defensive core. It's a problem. And Martin Jones making 5.75 for the next four seasons, another problem because he's not very good. So I got to say, I think – they're in trouble. And also, speaking of no movement clauses, Vlasic has one, Carlson has one. So the Sharks are an absolute mess and a team that I don't know where they're going at this point. So much money tied into players in their 30s. I mean, Couture is a great player, but he's making eight mil for a long time, at least seven years on that contract. They're in trouble, I got to say. I think the Sharks are in trouble. Uh, Let's go now to another team, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Another team that's been interesting. Uh, you know, they didn't have much of a draft because of their uh, penalties uh, of what they did. Uh, they didn't trade Oliver ekman Larson. They signed Tyler Pitlick to a $1.75 million per year deal on two years. They signed Johan Larson, uh, 1.4 a year for two years. Um, John Hayden comes in at 750 for a year. I'm not sure about this Arizona team either. I mean, I know there's a lot of great free agents out there still, but you look at their cap situation, it's not great. And um, they're going to have some issues with their cap space because I think Ekman Larson, who's been a good player, I still think that, you know, 8.25 for him is a little much. They have an expensive defensive core 
on older guys like Goligoski and Yalmerson uh, and Demers, of course. Uh, what do you think about Arizona right now? Yeah, there's another team that I don't know if they, they seem to be directionless. I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, they got, you know, they lost already Taylor Hall, who they brought in um, from New Jersey for pretty big um, assets to, to move out for only having him for less than a season. And uh, now they're trying to do some, like, they, now they they tried to trade Ekman Larson. That didn't happen. I don't know what their GM is kind of, his relationship around the league right now, because I know in Canuckland here, it's not very good um, with how he kind of jerks Benning around with, you know, waiting and waiting and then saying, no, we're not going to do it because they wanted Demko in the deal. And that was never going to happen, but he never wanted to budge on it. I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Arizona does down the road. Cause I really, I don't think they have much of a direction right now um, with what they're doing. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I do think that Bill Armstrong who came over from the blues is a very smart guy. I think eventually he'll figure something out there, but he's getting thrown into a very hard situation for his first go around as a, as a general manager. So uh, let's go alphabetically. Now we'll just go to the Bruins who lost Tory Krug. They Zdeno Charo. We don't know what's going to happen with them. They did make a signing that I liked though. I think Craig Smith is a fine player at 3.1 mil uh, per year at him into that top six, because I mean, if originally with their full lineup, he's probably playing on the third line, maybe the second, but with Pasternak and Marshawn having surgeries, I know Pasternak's going to miss part of next season, I'm assuming, no matter when that starts. Uh, what do you think about the Bruins right now? Yeah, the Bruins are – they lost Tory Krug, like you said, and I don't know who they're going to try to replace. They were in the Ekman-Larsen uh, talks as well. Uh, they're going to have to move on from him. Um, they were probably in the Petrangelo um, signing talks, and that didn't happen. So I think they're going to have to still get someone to replace him, but – they said that Craig Smith deal was again another kind of under the radar signing. Um, he was pretty good in Nashville for a, for a bit. Uh, he was one of their top producers, so I think I think Craig Smith there could fit in pretty good on their top two lines and and make a difference. But they're going to have to get someone to replace Krug and his offensive uh, uh, production because he was a pretty big part of their defense. Yeah, I can see a scenario where we see. Uh... Mike Hoffman may be going there. The Bruins have 10 mil in cap space right now um, projected with, you know, guys like um, Hoffman out there still. And then they do have DeBrusque and Grizzlick are RFAs. But uh, let's go to the Buffalo Sabres. They make a shocking signing. Taylor Hall headed there one year, eight mil. Uh, they also extend Brandon Montour for a year. They bring in Cody Eakin at 2.25 for two years. Um, you know, Tobias Reader's going there, 700000 Who knows what he is anymore. Uh, what do you think about the Sabres right now? I think there's still work to do. What do you think? Yeah, the Sabres are still a, kind of a work in progress. They seem to do something every year that looks like they're going to be better, but they ultimately never are. And the thing is, they always have that big um, boost to the, the beginning of their season. They're kind of really good for a couple months, and then all of a sudden they kind of go downhill. And Jack Eichel, I think, is on his last kind of patience. You know, he's running out of patience in Buffalo. And I think if they don't do anything this year, he's going to be one of those guys that will demand a trade. So I think the Taylor Hall signing was maybe a bit of pandering to him, saying, you know, we're trying to get better. Here's another guy to play with. Um, we'll see how it's going to go. I think 
Taylor Hall signing for just one year, he's not really sure about it either. So he could be moving on to another team next season as well. So I think Buffalo is going to be a team that's going to be interesting to watch because they do have a lot of good young pieces. And I think their goal, Teddy, still needs to be dealt with. Um, but I think I think they're still a team that could be good. It just it just doesn't seem to happen every year. You always look, uh, they always look like they're going to do good, and they never are. Yeah, and for for the Sabers, I love their top six. I think their top six is going to be great, but their bottom six is awful, and their defense is pretty bad outside of Dolly. So I don't know what they're going to be. I still think they're a ways away, and I think people are going to go overboard and pick them to actually like almost make the playoffs or make the playoffs, and I just don't see that happening. I mean, you look at their top six as it's projected on daily faceoff. Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, Victor Olofsson, who scored a lot of goals last year. That's great. That is you know, probably a top 15 top line in the league because Eichel's a superstar and Hall has been great and still scores points, and Olofsson had a lot of goals. Second line also pretty good, probably a top 20, 25 second line in the league with uh, Skinner, Stahl, and Reinhardt. You have to expect Skinner to bounce back somewhat. He'll be playing with a veteran center like Eric Stahl, but it's just really bad after that, so we'll see. I mean, it's obviously very low risk to bring in Hall, and it makes sense, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, Let's go to the Flames. The Flames, they've done a lot. They have made some moves as they were – bounced in the first round against the Stars last year. Mangiapane re-signs today at 2.425 free agency. They spent uh, $10.5 million total per year on Canucks players, Tanev and Markstrom. Uh, 4.5 for four years for Tanev. And then quite a contract for Markstrom, six by six. I, uh, I have to say, I think, and this is no knock on Markstrom, I think he's a great goaltender and he was really good last year. I don't see this six-by-six working out. I think six years, like you mentioned, is a little too long. What's he going to be? I know the Canucks goaltending coaching is very good. Is he going to return to how he was in Florida, or is he going to be the Vancouver one? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, But he will have a solid defensive unit in front of him. I think that, um, you know, you look at their their defense as it stands right now, you still have Giordano. I'm assuming he'll probably play with Tanev, which will be a pretty good tandem. I like Hannafin and Anderson. Uh, so what do you think about the the Flames? Yeah, it's interesting. We're, there's been a joke going on Twitter that they're the, the Calgary Canucks. And uh, it's, you know, getting two guys that have been pretty key parts of, of Vancouver for a few years. And it's, it's going to be good. I mean, like you said with Markstrom, I think it's not going to work out. And the thing is, like, I love Markstrom and he's a great goaltender, but the way he he kind of took a bit to kind of come into his own, and he could just have a couple seasons of good of um, of good hockey, and then kind of kind of start declining. And as much as I like the guy and how how his story is, I think that six years is gonna he may be good for about two to three, but the back half of that contract they're gonna be dealing with, and he's not gonna be the best goaltender. And uh, but Tanev again, there's another risk for Calgary because of the fact that he's still injury prone and he will be injured. He's not, you're not going to get 82 games out of him. And uh, it's the way that Calgary plays as a team, I think is going to open up to him to, for more injuries. I, I love Tanev and he's going to be good when he's, he's good when it's in the lineup and uh, overall, but I think Tanev is, is an upgrade to what they have, but I, I think Calgary's Calgary's going to be good, but uh, Tanev and Markstrom are are going to be guys who will be regretting a few years down the road. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's go now to the Hurricanes. Uh, I thought the Hurricanes would sign 
you know, one of the uh, bigger goaltenders in the market, but they didn't. So, I mean, their outlook, they've been an overachieving team for the last couple of years. I thought last year they were good and a playoff team, and they were. Uh, they made a couple free agency moves. I mean, the only one where that was really notable was uh, Jesper Faust going there at uh, three years, two mil, which I think is very reasonable for what he brings. He'll probably be that third-line guy there. And then looking, you know, at their top six, that top line is tremendous. Top 10 probably in the league, Sveshnikov, Aho, Teravainen. After that, it's a little bit, you know, not so great. Uh, I think Niederreiter, Trocek, and Natchez is okay. Uh, but getting Faust on that third line probably with Stahl and McGinn will be great. Their D is just tremendous. I know that they've kind of been looking at possibly dealing Jake Gardner. Who knows what happens with that? But Slavin and Dougie Hamilton, I mean, I got to say, Dougie Hamilton might be and I know a lot of people don't think this, but if you look at his analytics and his advanced stats, he might be like a top three two-way defender in the league over the last couple of years. He's been fantastic. What do you think about the Hurricanes? Yeah, I agree with Dougie, that assessment of Dougie Hamilton because I think Calgary let him go way too easily um, because he was he is probably a top 10 defenseman in the league. And He's he's their leader. He's their rock on defense. And you saw when he got injured of how how they struggled and yep. they had to get guys to kind of you know stop the bleeding there. But they got some great great defensemen. Uh, Pesci's a very underrated um, defenseman there too. So and then you've got Slavin and uh, you know guys like that. And they're not older players. They're young young defensemen too. So and like you said with the forwards, they got Shvetchnikov who's who's very good and, and Aho and they got probably one of the top, uh, top lines in the league with Tara Vine in there too. Um, but yeah, their bottom six is maybe a little bit suspect, but I think overall Carolina is going to be a good team again. Um, their goaltending again, like I was, we were saying in the, the draft type stuff is he's that they could maybe were going to be trying to get Askarov if they were able to, but they never did. And I think once Mrazek and um, Mrazek and Reimer kind of go down, I think they don't have much, but right now I think they're still a good tandem and goal, but yeah, Carolina is going to be good again next season. One of the more controversial teams in the offseason this year has been the Chicago Blackhawks. They've thrown some money around. I mean, you know, they bring back Kubalik, who was fantastic, a 30 goal scorer last year for 3.7 for two years. They bring in that cap hit with Nikita Zadorov in the uh, trade with Colorado, which was interesting. Uh, they trade Ole Mata to L.A. Um, they sign Matias Yanmark, who I think is a good signing at 2.25. But, like, what a weird offseason it's been. We saw that Taves article in The Athletic where he doesn't really understand why are they rebuilding all this stuff. Uh, we'll start with the trade with Colorado. They retain a million on Brandon Saad and deal him to the Avs for Nikita Zadorov. I don't understand this deal for Chicago. I think it's a great deal for Colorado because Colorado already has great defense. They already have a lot of guys back there that are very good. Uh, McCarr, Eric Johnson's not great, but he's solid. Gerard looks like he could be something. Byram's coming up. Um, and Zadorov, I mean, you don't really need him that much. I think he's a little overpaid anyway. And then you get a guy like Sodden for one year at five mil since Chicago retained. I think it's a really good deal for Colorado. And, and overall, with the direction of the Blackhawks, what do you, what do you think of all this? Yeah, it's an interesting – I'll say it's interesting because the thing is, um, you know, is that that trade really kind of confused me because, you know, they trade again Saad and 
they were they get someone that's not as good as him again. And I saw a tweet on it said, "How does Chicago get the worst player in the deal again?" And every time they've traded Saad, it's not been good. Um, so I mean, I think I think uh, like you said, Colorado got the best end of that deal. As the door of a, a good defenseman, he's not great. And I don't know if I think he basically replaces Olimata for for Chicago. And it's Kubalik. The Kubalik deal is really good. I think that that uh, that cap hit for what he did, uh, he could have been signed for a lot more. So I mean, I think that deal was good. But overall, I think again, this team, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, maybe they kind of got, you know, with the playoffs and how they did the playoffs. Maybe they got a little bit, uh, you know looking like that they were going to be a good team again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they ultimately, how they ultimately do uh, next season. But uh, overall, I think the direction's a little bit foggy right now. All right, let's go to the Avs, who I think are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum right now. I mean, I think Joe Sackick is finally uh, doing great things and coming into his own as a general manager there. I mean, he did some great things this offseason. They bring back key guys like Graves, and Nachuskin and Burakovsky. Uh, he gets all those guys back. Plus, just, I mean, he I think he did a tremendous job in this Islander deal. He gets rid of two second-round picks, which what are those picks going to be? I mean, those are probably, what, like uh, 60 and 61, around that range for, for the next two years of those second-round picks. And he gets an RFA in Devon Taves, who, you know, Devon Taves is a very good defenseman uh, right now with this stage of his career. So, I think the Avalanche are likely to be the odds-on favorites to win the Cup going into this season. Um, what do you think about them right now? Yeah, I agree. And Devon Taves, getting him, he's an up-and-coming defenseman too. And, you know, you basically got rid of Zadorov and replaced him with Devon Taves, and I think that's an upgrade. Um, and the way their offensive power that they have and uh, the depth on defense now, uh, their goaltending is a little bit, maybe a little bit, have a bit of a question mark. But uh, if Frank Coos can actually uh, repeat a season like that and Barlamov can, can do it as well, I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting year. Um, so I, is that, I may have missed their goaltend. Is it Barlamov that's in Colorado? I believe it is, is other guy. Grubauer. Grubauer. That's, I always mix those two up. Yeah. When I'm it's like <laughs> Grubauer. Yeah, I think Grubauer is the guy that if he can bounce – and not bounce back, but have a similar season. I think the goaltending is okay, but uh, the way that there were injuries throughout the year for, with him, I think uh, it's going to be it's going to be a question mark with their goaltending. But overall, that this team is basically a Stanley Cup favorite next year, and they were this year. So uh, we'll see how it's going to go. But I think they are going to be a favorite. All right, let's go to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that has a lot of cap. I mean, they're unlike just about anybody with the fact that they're a good team already in the half cap. Uh, they've made some trades. They moved out Ryan Murray to New Jersey for a fifth, so they were really slinging for cap space. They added 4.6 with that. And then Yarmo just eats Bergevin's lunch. I mean, what a deal for Domi and a third for Josh Anderson. I love that deal. I think Domi's going to be fine there. Uh, and they bring in Miko Koivu at 1.5 mil on the cap, uh, just a solid third-line center for them. And they're set down the middle with Dubois, and I guess Domi's going to be the second-line center, plus Koivu, they're set there. Uh, they still have a great defense, probably the 
one of the best one-two punches in the league with with Jones and Warinsky. Uh They still have 12.9 to play with. They still got to re-sign Dubois, but I like what the Blue Jackets have done, though I've been a little bit surprised that they haven't made a significant free agency addition with the uh, cap space that they have. Yeah, Columbus has been uh, been really active. They're probably the only team that's able to shed salary, which, I mean, the Canucks have been trying to do it ever since the beginning of the offseason, and uh, Kalkalainen can just do it at will, it seems. Uh, he buys out uh, he buys out players easily. Uh, I mean, I, and then trades guys for nothing and, and gets salary back. So I think they have a lot of salary to work with now um, with the Dubois deal. And, who knows what type of free agency trades and free agency moves they make now. But overall, I think a lot of the moves that he, that Cal Klein has made um, have been really good. They made an interesting pick at the draft. Um, but I mean, that's another thing, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to watch Columbus uh, down the road because they do got a lot of young pieces, a lot of depth now at center. Um, but I think they're going to be a surprise uh, this season because their goaltending is also ridiculously Yeah, for the um, for the Detroit Red Wings, I think that uh, with them right now, they've been moving some money, or they've been uh, spending some money, I should say. They bring in Nemesnikov at two mil. They bring in Stetcher at one point seven. They bring in Thomas Grice at three point six. They bring in Bobby Ryan at one mil. They made some trades for picks in the draft. I think for Detroit right now, it's just kind of you got to believe in what Stevie Y is doing um, and what he can do as a GM. He knows how to build teams. We saw that in Tampa Bay. And they have some good young players. I mean, I think Zadina will still be good. Uh, Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha are all still reasonably young. Um, I think that, you know, Stetcher's a good young defenseman. They also brought in, or they also have Moritz Sider, Maurice Sider coming up, who was a top 10 pick last year. He he looks like he could maybe get a shot this year uh, in the NHL. Roenick's still pretty young. Um, you know, I think I think they're doing some good things. They still have some prospects coming up. Obviously, they draft Lucas Raymond with the fourth pick. Uh, I think that they'll be like a, a gritty, you know, probably bottom five team this year. But I think in the future, there's still, you know, there's still a, a few years away. But what do you uh, think about Detroit right now? Yeah, Detroit, I mean, Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing, it seems. And he's going to build this team into a really good uh, team down the road. But I mean, this season, this offseason, he seems to be doing some moves in free agency to kind of bring guys in. Uh, the trade for Mark Stahl on defense as well. So, I mean, uh, he's going to really be a good mentor for a lot of their young defensemen. Uh, overall, I think Steve Eisen is just sticking to the plan. And uh, like you said, he's still going to be uh, a guy that will take on salary. And, uh, you know, he's open for business on that front to get some some picks, some prospects. Uh, to take on salary from other teams. So I think he's, he's, uh, he just knows what he's doing. And I, I have no uh, issue with, uh, with what he's doing right now. Another team that has a GM that has ties to the Red Wings is uh, Ken Holland in Edmonton. I really like what the Oilers have done. They bring in Tyson Berry 3.75. I think that's one of the better signings of the offseason in terms of value. I think he'll be a very good uh, power play defenseman on a power play that's already ridiculously good. Uh, Kyle Turris comes in. I think he could be, you know, a solid player for them. I don't know where he'll play. I'm assuming he'll probably be on like the uh, the, the third line, I guess. Um, and then 
you know, Ennis comes back. Uh, Edmonton, what do you think about them? Yeah, Edmonton actually made a move on defense, which I've kind of been saying all along that, the, you know, the Edmonton's not going to be better unless they improve their defense and the way they move the puck. But I don't know if Tyson Berry's going to increase their defensive play because he's not the best defensively. But offensively, he's going to push the pace. And I, I was kind of frustrated with what he signed in Edmonton uh, when the Canucks were kind of in the same um, realm of trying to get him. And apparently they threw a $5 million deal at him. But uh, it looks like he wanted to go to Edmonton. So uh, overall, I think Edmonton did a good move there. Uh, We'll see how they do. uh, But I still think they need better defensive defensemen, guys that can actually lock it down because we know they can score. So uh, we'll see how it goes uh, this coming season with them. I would agree with that. Uh, Let's now go to the Florida Panthers. You've made some weird moves. Um, you know, Hoffman's likely gone. Dadnov's gone. They bring in Carter Verhage and Vinny Henestroza on one mil per year deals. They pay 2.5 to Radko Gudis, which I thought was a little much. They give Winberg 2.25. Um, you know, the Panthers have done some very weird things. They trade uh, or they acquire Nudivara from, um, from Columbus. They move Josh Brown to the Sins. Uh, what do you think about Florida right now? Yeah, again, they're – they're doing some weird stuff, and uh, we knew they were going to move out of defense, but they were apparently in the Nate Schmidt uh, talks as well, and apparently there was there was rumors that he was going to get moved to the Florida Panthers, but uh, ultimately the deal fell through. Um, you know, and they're trying to move out money, which is interesting why they were in that Nate Schmidt uh, uh, discussion. So uh, the moves that they made, again, this is another team that we'll see what happens, but you know, they're losing some great offensive players. They already lost Adenoff. They're Like you said, they're probably going to lose Hoffman now. That's two of their top goal scorers, and they haven't brought anyone in yet that would replace that production. So, uh, you know, the moves that they have made have been depth moves. Nudevar is a good defenseman, but he's ultimately a third-pairing guy. Um, for Hagee and Dehinostroza, there again, they're third, fourth-line guys. Maybe one of them could bump into the top six, but ultimately they're not going to move the needle very much on production-wise. So we'll see again. And Bobrovsky is a question mark. It's going to be an interesting season for Florida when it comes around, unless they make some moves. Okay, so uh, L.A. signs Byfield to his entry level. They haven't done much other than that. They uh, brought in Olimata. Minnesota brings in Cam Talbot. He'll probably be a tandem with uh, Kakinen next year in Minnesota. Uh, let's go to Montreal now. Montreal's been pretty active. They had the weird Domi trade. Then they give Josh Anderson ex- an extension. Um, you know, they signed Brendan Gallagher to a six-year extension. Jake Allen gets a two-year extension. They bring him to Foley at 4.25, which I think is very good. They bring back uh, Xavier Ouellette and uh, Victor Mete, two very low-cap hits. Um, what are your thoughts on the Canadians right now? Because I think their top six is pretty good. I mean – Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher is a very good first line in terms of what they do. Uh, the second line, who knows if it's it, – I mean, it's probably going to be Toffoli, Suzuki, Anderson, something like that. Um, I mean, with the, the the contract that they gave Josh Anderson, you would think that, you know, he'd be playing in the top six, but who knows. And then, you know, after that, it gets interesting. Their defense is pretty good. I mean, uh, Sherratt and Weber, Edmondson, Petrie, Romanov is going to come up, I'm sure. Then you have Carey Price and Jake Allen's a solid goalie duo. 
if if Carey Price can you know get back to somewhat of his his old self. Uh, what do you think about Montreal? Yeah, Montreal, uh, they've improved in their forward group. By signing to Foley to that deal, they didn't really take a huge risk. Four years is not crazy. And that's why I was so angry with the Canucks couldn't match that contract because it's not that bad. Um, you know, and he's going to he's gonna be a better uh, fit in their top six. Um, goaltending, like you said, is really good. Their defense is really is quite good. Bringing in Edmondson was a pretty good trade for for that, uh, the way, way he is. I didn't understand the Josh Anderson uh, deal. Um, Domi apparently didn't want to be there anymore, which I had to move him. But uh, Josh Anderson's not a bad player. But the money that they gave him, it's like he's been injury prone uh, last couple seasons. Uh, we don't know what we're really getting with him. And it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that lineup. But that money that they gave him was, I think, ridiculous um, for what – for what he is. I, I think he is going to be a 20, 20, 30 goal scorer, maybe. But I think at this point, I'm not sure you take that risk uh, with the money that they gave him. But overall, I think Montreal is going to be a better team. Their bottom six still needs work, I think, um, to, to be good. But uh, their top six is looking really, really good. All right, let's go to the Central now, Nashville. They brought in some veterans. Brad Richardson signs there for a mill. Uh, Mark Borvietsky signs there for two mil over two years. Uh, that's a two million dollar cap hit. And then Nick Cousins, a very solid player at one point five, and Matthew Benning at one mil on the cap. Plus, they made the uh, Nick Benino. They sent him to Minnesota, as well as a second and a third round pick for Luke Cunning and a fourth round pick. So, I mean, I think Nashville is going to be pretty good this year. I don't. I, I think that they're probably third or fourth in the Central. I think the, uh, you know, the Avs are the best team in the Central. Then I think St. Louis and Dallas are still a little bit better than Nashville, um, but their forward group's solid. I think uh, you know, Tolvainen and Kuhn, uh, Cunning with Duchesne will be good in the second line. I think Cousins with Yarncroke and Grimaldi or something similar to that on the third line will be good. Plus, they have a good top line with Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvidsson, and their defense is very solid as well. They have the Norris winner. Uh, Roman Yossi there. And then uh, who knows what Saros and Rene are. Uh, Askarov's coming up a few years for him, but uh, what do you think about Nashville? Yeah, Nashville, uh, they cut some fat with uh, getting rid of Turris, uh, who hadn't been that good for the last few seasons. I don't think that's going to be a loss. Um, but bringing in Cunning was a good a good trade there. Um, they lost, they lost, uh, lost Craig Smith there to um, – I mean, it's going to be, again, this is another interesting team to see what type of these moves are going to do. And uh, their goaltending is kind of a bit of a question mark for me. I mean, Rene looks to be on the, the twilight of his career. Uh, Saros is a good young goaltender. And you said, like you said, Askarov's coming up. So um, I think they are going to be at the lower end of the division unless uh, some of the guys kind of return to form like from last year. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Uh, let's now go to the New York, New Jersey area NHL teams, the New Jersey Devils, who I think have actually done a pretty good job for what they are. Uh, they bring in Ryan Murray, who, who's a solid defenseman. I mean, the fact that they get him for just a fifth-round pick, yes, they're taking on a $4.6 million cap hit. That's really not that bad. And then they trade Joey Anderson, who's a pretty good AHL player, and I think he could be something in Toronto. He seems like a pretty good prospect. But they get Andreas Janssen there, who I think will fit in at 3.4 mil. 
uh, probably on that third line with Boakvist and, and Zaka. Um, and they're bringing Corey Crawford, who I think is going to be a great mentor to McKenzie Blackwood. And uh, the goaltending um, coaching in New Jersey seems to be pretty good. Um, you know, I think New Jersey's done a pretty good job. And you have to expect Jack Hughes to only get better this year. Um, and you, you'd think that you, you see Jesper Brat and Nico Heeshear and Nikita Gusev and Kyle Palmieri get, have better seasons. Uh, what do you think about New Jersey right now? Yeah, you'd think that they would get better, especially after the year that they had. And you'd hope that P.K. Subban can bounce back to what he he normally is. Uh, Had the worst point totals of his career um, when he's usually uh, good for 40 points at least. So we'll see how how Subban does, because I think he's going to be key to how that defense moves. Um, Because Ryan Murray was a great trade, I think, uh, for especially what they got, the fifth round just a fifth round pick that they traded um, for basically a salary dump that Columbus needed to make. So, uh, but Ryan Murray is still, he's again, an injury prone defenseman, but when he's playing, he's a great puck mover. He's a good two way defenseman. And I think he's going to be a good fit there, especially, um, you know, maybe even playing with Subban. So I, I think, I think they're going to bounce back. Like you said, Jack Hughes is going to only get, he's only going to get better. He's a young player. Uh, he, probably went home kind of, you know, especially with this long layoff with the teams that didn't make that, uh, that bubble playoff. So uh, he's going to be better, I think. And I think New Jersey is going to be a team that'll be a big bounce back team, uh, especially after the year they had. All right. Out of the Islanders, the Islanders have done some weird things. I mean, the Devontae's deal was questionable to me for them. Um, But I, you know, it's hard not to trust a veteran GM like Lou Lamarillo, who's been, you know, a solid general manager in the league for a long time. Um, but they still have some RFAs in the board. Matt Barzell and Ryan Pulak come to mind. Uh, I like their goaltending tandem with uh, Varlamov and uh, Sorokin now. I think that those are a couple of very solid goaltenders, and their defense is always very good. And they're really the ultimate definition of a team. Like, they play as a team, a unit. I mean, Beauvillier was tremendous. Pajot was great for them as well. And they have veterans like Lee and Nelson and Eberle and Bailey. And they got guys coming up like Wallstrom and Bellows and uh, Dow Cole's still young uh, with the addition of Dobson on that blue line. I mean, I think, I think the Islanders will be very competitive. I think they'll probably make the playoffs. But they've done some weird things this offseason. Yeah, and the thing is, is is the Islanders, they still have a bit, bit of work to do, uh, especially yeah. with uh, Barzell and uh, and Pulak, because Barzell is still open for that offer sheet. I'm waiting for it. And uh, it, it, I'm, I'm hoping that someone does do it, because there's been talk about, oh, there may be offer sheets that no one has done it yet. Um, still early. But the uh, longer it goes on, the more chance that it'll happen. Um, I think the Tampa Bay, some of the Tampa Bay's forward, we'll talk about them later, but we'll be, our defense will be first on the offer sheet list. But the Islanders, I think they're a growing team. They're a team that's, like I say, play as a team, play as that solid, cohesive unit. But uh, we'll see how those deals come out with Barzell and Bula because they're going to be some pretty big ones. The Islanders' play style really reminds me of what the Blues did in 2019. I don't know if that's going to end up with the Islanders winning a cup. I mean, the real difference is that the Blues didn't have that top-end, elite, fast offensive player like Barzell. But um, and also, I you know I'm not sure about Varlamov's ability. Maybe Sorokin will be the Blues' 
or the Islanders Bennington. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but the Rangers, they've signed a ton of players, and really not only a couple of them are really going to make an impact this year at the NHL level. Uh, but they bring in um, Jack Johnson, which is very questionable. One point one five million for what? I mean, what is he going to do? I don't understand that move whatsoever. I love the D'Angelo move at two years, four points. It's very reasonable for a guy that had a great season last year and scores a lot of points. They bring back uh, Alexander Georgiev, who's likely going to be, you know, that that duo with Shesterkin and as Shesterkin being the starter. I do think the 2.425 for Georgiev is a little bit high for me. I would have tried to keep it under 2.25. I think Georgiev is a good goaltender, but I still think that's a little much for me. Um, they trade Leas Anderson at the draft for a second-round pick from L.A., which I think is a very good deal because Anderson didn't want to be there, so they were going to have to move him. Plus, you know, this all comes back to the fact the Rangers have an absurdly good amount of young players and prospects. So what do you think about the Rangers? Yeah, the Rangers just have a ridiculous amount of uh, young players coming up and uh, drafting Lafreniere, who probably will play next season um, for them. And they already have Paco and uh, – you know, the trades. I, one thing, I yeah, like I, with Jack Johnson, you feel like I, I don't really understand why you'd bring a guy like that in. He's, I think, on his way out. He's not the best uh, puck moving defenseman anymore. He's not the best defensively. I'm not sure what that trade does for them. Uh, it's not a high cap hit. We'll see how it goes uh, with that. Um, their goaltending tandem is, like, Shesterkin is, is a superstar, I think. I think he's a star in the making for an elite goaltender, and I think their goaltending is going to, be, going to be great. And the way that their young players, that they have, is ridiculous. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But I think the Rangers are going to be one to watch for the next decade. All right, let's go to another Canadian team. That is the Ottawa Senators. And what they've done is spend some money, but they still have a lot of money right now. And, uh, you know, they have 20 million in cap space. They're like the only team in cap space. So I think if anyone's going to come out of nowhere and offer sheet a Barzal or a Sergachev, maybe it's the Ottawa Senators. I mean, maybe they have 20.7 uh, million right now. They still have some RFAs that are arbitration eligible, such as uh, Tierney and Brown, who I think both have arbitration hearings coming up. But uh, they spent some money, five point or uh, five million for three years on Dadnov, which I think is a great deal for a uh, solid two-way forward that scores goals. Um, you know, they bring in Nick, Nick Paul for two years, extended uh, 1.35 million. And then they give a contract that I think was too big, but when you just think about it, they had to spend a lot of money to hit that floor. I don't even know if they're at that yet. Uh, Matt Murray at 6.25 is a lot more than I would give him, but with Ottawa's situation, that makes sense. They had to spend money. Um, but I love what they're doing in Ottawa. And I think two to three years from now, they're going to be a contending team. What do you think about those sins? Yeah, I agree. And Ottawa's another team that has a ridiculous amount of young talent coming up. And uh, their draft, they got so many good players uh, to add to their add to their pipeline. And this is another team that's going to be very interesting to watch in the next uh, decade or so because they got so many young, so much young talent. And, Getting Matt Murray, I mean, yes, it was a big deal. It's $6 million for him. and But he will solidify their goaltending. And, uh, you know, after losing Craig Anderson, um, you know, to basically age, uh, I think I think getting Murray to replace him is, is a really good trade-off because he's going to be a good goaltender for a while. He's not old. Uh, he's he's going to be their goaltender that, that's good to kind of 
shape this uh, this team. So I think I think they're going to be another team that you're going to see be a top uh, one of the top Canadian teams. And it's it's great because there's so many Canadian teams that like Canucks included that uh, are just in this young talent revolution basically. And it's going to be f- fun to watch uh, Canada um, in the future here. Yeah, I mean, you look at the amount of young talent that Canadian teams have right now. I mean, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner in Toronto. You know, you have Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, uh, a couple of guys in Vancouver, Calgary. I mean, Matthew Kachuk is a great young player. Um, obviously, Edmonton, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. I mean, that's just – it's it's insane. I mean, every Canadian team you look at, there is a either a young star or a young superstar. So – Definitely a lot to watch there. Uh, let's go now to the Flyers. And the Flyers have a very sound top six. And let me just real quick say with, with Ottawa, not only are they top five in cap space, I think their new jerseys are top five. Those are very sharp. Uh, yeah. But but on to the Flyers, a very good top line, a very good second line uh, there. You know, Giroux, Couturier, and Vorchek's almost as good as it gets in the NHL in terms of first lines. And then Lynn Blum, who's a great story, a great player too. Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny is a good second line. Third line's not bad either. You got some young guys in that third line. If this is the way their lineup looks, Van Riemsdyk's a veteran guy who can give you 20, possibly Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee there as well. And their defense is very good. They bring in Eric Gustafson at $3 million for the next uh, for the next year. It's a one-year deal. I like that move a lot. A guy that had a huge year in Chicago a couple years ago, and he's a solid 2A defender, more so an offensive guy. But you know, very solid. And Phil Myers and had a great year last year. And then Provorov's a stud. Uh, Carter Hart is the answer. I think I, I could see the Flyers winning a cup within the next four to five years. Really, with the Flyers. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And uh, they still have some stuff they could move to get uh, to get even better. And um, I think Gostaspier is probably gone uh, before the season begins. I think he's going to be traded out of there. Um, but overall, they're a very good team, and you see, saw what they could do in the playoffs this past year, especially with Carter Hart. Um, he is the guy there. I think he's he's going to be one of those top uh, goaltenders again, elite goaltenders in the league uh, in the future. He's already one of the best young guy, young ones, but I think he's going to be one of those uh, elite top five goaltenders in the league uh, in his prime. So. Uh, the Flyers are have a great direction, and uh, especially with video coaching, he's probably one of the better coaches in the NHL too. Um, they're they're best. They're definitely on the right track. All right, so uh, Pittsburgh, we won't talk much about them. They just made a lot of weird signings and trades, so good for them. Uh, Yankowski <laughs> could be good there. Uh, and then we already went over San Jose and St. Louis. Let's go to Tampa, the, the defending champs. Very interesting situation there. They have no cap space and a lot of players that they need to figure out what they want to do with. Like Tyler Johnson went on waivers. Who knows? There's no way he's on the team by the beginning of the season. Uh, clear five mil there. They still have Sergachev and Chernak and Sorelli. Three really important RFAs there too. I mean, they're a great team. They won their cup. But there's, you know, if they're not – cap compliant which is going to be very hard for them to get to this point uh because no one's trying to help them they won't be able to play so i don't know what's going to happen i mean they bring back luke shen and pat maroon two great moves there for two veteran players at very low uh you know 1.7 mil combined on the cap per year for those guys very good uh but the lightning you know i think there's going to be an offer sheet for one of sorelli and sergachev for sure so what do you think about the lightning yeah, they're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> I mean, with their cap space, they basically, yeah, they basically have no cap space. 
And uh, I don't know what team's going to try to help them uh, dump that cap because, they, you know, if we think the Canucks are in trouble with their cap, uh, Tampa Bay is huge, um, especially with some of their RFAs is ridiculous. I mean, Sergeyev is going to command a lot of money. Uh, Cernak, same thing. Um, and, you know, it's it's an interesting uh, – there's a lot of interesting teams, I'll say, in this offseason, uh, what they're going to do because Tampa Bay is such a talented team that not going to look the same next year because some of these guys are going to be gone. And I think, you know, like you said, the offer sheet is going to happen. I mean, teams are, are going to be like, well, we could bump up his salary quite a bit and they won't be able to match it. I mean, there's no way they can. So, I mean, it's, I think one of those guys are going to be taken away from them. And, uh, but that's what you get uh, when you have such a good team and you have to pay out uh, so much money to these guys. Absolutely. And uh, Toronto, the big, the big dogs in Canada, the uh, big team, the Maple Leafs. And I think that they've done a great job. They've, they've improved their bottom six, which they needed to do. And I think that they improved their defensive core and not doing it for a lot of money. I mean, Joe Thornton signed there today. What's he going to be at this point? Same with VC, two guys that are low cap hits. One, of course, is a legend of the game, a Hall of Famer in Thornton, uh, who will likely play on that fourth line. Uh, and then VC comes in. Aaron Dell's a third goaltender. That's a fine move. Uh, Bogosian at one mil, I think he can contribute. Looked pretty good for Tampa. TJ Brody is a very good defensive defenseman. Uh, at five mil, I think that's solid for only four years. And then Simmons at 1.5 will be good on that third line. You know, you look at the projected bottom six right now, it's an improvement. I mean, Nick Nick Robertson looks like he's a player. Kerfoot, I think, is fine for them. Wayne Simmons is that gritty, tough player that uh, they've desperately needed. And then if the fourth line is the way that it looks right now via the projections, I mean, Jimmy Vesey, maybe he'll find something. And then Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza, which is a slow old line. Uh, VC's a younger player, but their bottom six has gotten better. And I think they're Diaz too. I mean, they're top four right now defensively, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hole, And then you, Rasmus Sandin's going to be a guy I think that will be good for them. And then Miko Lettinen could come up and then Dermot. So, you know, I think the, the, the Maple Leafs have really done two things that they desperately needed to do, which was improve their defense and improve their bottom six without spending a lot of money. And I think they did those two things. Yeah, and I'm going to say this right now. Finally, a team that I've been talking about for years, they're not going to be, they're not going anywhere unless they improve their defense. And they finally do something to improve their defense. Yep. And uh, not, not like last year, yeah, getting getting uh, Tyson Berry. Yeah, great. He does not increase and better your defense defensively. And uh, now they're bringing TJ Brody, who does that. He's probably one of the better two-way defenseman in the league. Uh, his offense may not be as big as it used to be, but he's one of the better defensive uh, guys when you look at the analytics and his underlying numbers because he's really good. So um, adding him and last year getting Muzzin, another guy that's really good in that uh, that um, category as well. So I think, and like you said, with those veteran guys, I think that's the way it should go. You should be signing these veteran guys to low contracts, maybe towards the end of their career and can still be good, solid bottom six guys. Not like what the Canucks have been doing with, you know, Jay Beagle, Sutter, guys that are you're paying ridiculous amounts of money to play in your third and fourth lines. And uh, they should be getting paid low money. And that's what they're doing. You know, Joe Thornton's still a great face-off man. He's good, great size. He still has that skill with his playmaking. 
And like we saw what Spezza did in Toronto last last season, very good veteran presence on that fourth line. So I think the Maple Leafs did a really good job this offseason, as much as I hate saying it. Yeah, let's go to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And this is a team that got the big fish. Alex Petrangelo signs there seven years, 8.8. No movement clause, all the fanciness there uh, with Petrangelo and Vegas. And Vegas is going to be great. They trade Stastny to Winnipeg. They trade Schmidt to Vancouver. But I still think they're a very, very good team with a great forward group and a really, really good defense. I mean, their defense is just ridiculous now because Zach Whitecloud was very good last year for them, and Nick Holden is solid too. And they have Leonard and they have Fleury. I know Leonard had surgery, but he should be ready to go. Uh, now you look at their top four defensively, you can just put, you know, McNabb and Mar- Martinez aside. They're not that good. But Petrangelo and Theodore is absurd to have in that top four, and they'll probably separate them and not play them together because it'd be way too good if they did. Vegas is very good, but – I have to ask this. Are they getting a reputation for being an unloyal, disloyal team that just moves players out out and around like their property or whatever? I know Brian Burke said something about that on Sportsnet. What do you think about Vegas' offseason? And then do you think that they're getting a, a bad reputation right now? Um, I mean, I'll answer the question with the reputation thing because I agree. And I think, you know, you from the interview with uh, Nate Schmidt after he was traded to the Canucks, it's a very emotional – uh, departure. I mean, he wanted to be there, obviously, uh, signing that extension just a season ago. It was a long-term extension um, with a partial no movement uh, or no trade. Uh, it's It must be hard for a guy that thought, oh, I'm going to put roots down to the in this city. And he was one of the, one of the OGs there. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of movement with Vegas, especially moving guys out so soon. Um, so quickly, and I, I think Nate Schmidt's one of the perfect examples of it, and he wanted to be there, and the loyalty factor is just doesn't seem to be there with Vegas, and I think that's a very true statement. Uh, as for their offseason, um, you know, Petrangelo is a huge, huge deal um, to increase their defense, and they already had a pretty good overall defensive unit uh, without him, so I think, and Shea Theodore just kind of came into his own in the playoffs this past season this past season alone uh he's he's a superstar defenseman already and they basically have two of the top defensemen in the league now and uh adding their depth there i think i think vegas especially with their forward groups really good they play a really great system uh you know the canucks saw it firsthand on how good they are and how relentless they are with their four check and their puck possession so uh, they're going to be a good team but overall, I think their reputation is is not very good uh, with players. And I don't know if that's going to bite them down the road with, with guys that don't want to be there um, and want to sign with them in the long run. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But it seems like that tax uh, break kind of helps a lot of guys because they can keep a lot of their money. Yeah, they, they, they've definitely become one of the best places to play. Uh, already but the reputation like you mentioned who knows what it's going to look like uh, in the next few years but I I think Vegas is an exclusive group of teams I could see winning a cup in the next five years and I think that group includes them it includes uh, Philadelphia it includes other teams that are up and coming Um, a team that won the cup in 2018 the Capitals I think they've had a very solid offseason I mean Justin Schultz if he can get back that offense that he had a few years ago in Pittsburgh Four million may seem like a lot based on what he's been the last couple of years, but I think that could be a good signing. 
Uh, they bring back Brendan Dillon. I think that was good. Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist there for 1.5 is perfect to mentor a young goalie who already looks like he's ready in Samsonov. So uh, that's interesting there. And then, um, you know, I just think the overall offseason for Washington has been solid. I do think their window's closing soon. But as long as they have Ovechkin, I think that they should be a winning team. And uh, their, their top six is still very, very good. So what do you think about the Capitals? Yeah, I think their moves are really good this offseason so far. And uh, you look at Lundqvist coming in, which I thought that's probably what would have happened with him. He was on, he was going to come in as a mentor to a young goaltender. Uh, but that's what he does in Washington very quickly, it seemed. Like he was rumored to be in Washington before free agency started. So, uh, and that's what happened. So, I think bringing him in, he's a solid backup now. And he could even string together a few starts if he gets on a run. And uh, bringing Dylan back was a good move. I wanted the Canucks to kind of look at him because of, uh, you know, his solid defensive stats. So I think I think he's a good move to bring him back. Uh, the top six is ridiculously good still with Ovechkin. I mean, it doesn't matter uh, what team you are. If you have Ovechkin, you're probably going to have a chance to win every night. So uh, overall, I think Washington still has – still in their window to kind of win another cup. So – but it is closing uh, pretty quickly. All right, let's talk about we'll – th- we'll get to the Jets here in a moment with their situation, but let's talk about some of the big names left. I got 12 guys for you uh, left right now. You tell me who stands out and where you think one of the, the guy that stands out could go. Let's start here. Uh, Andy Green is a defenseman in the market. Zdeno Chara, Josh Levo, Derek Broussard, Connor Sheary, Ilya Kovalchuk, Alex Galchenyuk, Eric Howla. Those are more forwards there. That's uh, seven forwards right there on the market. Uh, Travis Hamanick, a defenseman left, and then Mikhail Granlund, a uh, centerman left, Votten, a defenseman left, and then Mike Hoffman. Who stands out there for you? I uh, Well, Hoffman's one of those guys that I think stands out to a, you know, a lot of teams that are still looking in that uh, top six uh, discussion. Uh, the Canucks are one of them. Um, I know their cap space is still not that big, and they keep talking about uh, you know looking at guys and and oh, wait till we've kind of moved money. I don't know if that's a great tactic because a lot of teams, are, a lot of players aren't going to want to wait for that. Um, so, I mean, I think Hoffman's one of the guys that stands out. Uh, Kovalchuk can still be a guy that uh, can add offense. I don't think he's going to be signed until later on when kind of the bargain bid starts starts coming up. Uh, defenseman like Vatnin, I think, is another guy that stands out to me. Um, he's probably one of the better right-hand defensemen that are still left on the market. Um, I mean, at that, those are the three that kind of stand out as guys that could still uh, be signed pretty soon. So, but there's still some solid names on the board. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's do one more thing here uh, before we get out of here. We will do another NHL podcast talking about the state of the league, I'm sure, at some point in the next couple of months. Uh, let's get to the final thing, and that is the Patrick Line situation. So, the Jets trade for Paul Stastny. He's a perfect second-line center. He had some chemistry with Line a when he was there a couple years ago. They asked their uh, anal- or, uh, insiders reach out to the agents of Patrick Line. He hasn't asked for a trade. He will report to camp, but they think it might be mutually beneficial if they part ways. So I personally, at this point, don't think Line a is going anywhere but it seems like his agents would prefer that they move on from the Jets. What do you think about the Line A situation? 
Yeah, that could become a distraction, um, you know, if the se- it kind of goes into the season because, I mean, Lonnie may not want to go. And I don't understand whether his agent is getting his mitts in there. And uh, if Lonnie doesn't want to get traded, I'm not sure why there's even a, a discussion. But yeah, it's out there. And uh, it's been out there for a bit now. And I think if there is that type of a of uh, discussions I think they do need to move on for especially becomes a distraction uh, in the dressing room or in around the team because we know how that happens with star players getting in that rumor mill a lot and I think yeah like Stas new move was great and especially with the Littles uh, situation with his injury I think uh, that's a great move but Lana can't become a distraction in that way because that just never turns out well yeah, I would agree. It should be interesting to see what happens in Winnipeg prior to the season because if you would have asked me like a year ago, I would say they might be the number one Canadian team with a chance to win the Cup if you look at all the Canadian teams. Now it's a little different. Uh, their defense is a little interesting in terms of what they have now and what they've lost, but uh, it should be interesting to see. Matthew, thank you for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter at MatthewZaderSC. Uh, hopefully we can do another one of these next couple months, talk some more hockey and uh, – uh, hope you have a good one, and I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. It's it's great to be talking hockey uh, with all the teams, and especially this free agent has been a little different. Uh, not a lot of action on the first day, but uh, there's been some moves, and uh, there'll be continued some moves with a lot of teams that are still uh, trying to work out their rosters. Yeah, it's definitely been fun, and uh, we will definitely talk in the next couple of months.